There's never been a more important time to ensure your immune system is operating at its peak. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a new natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals created exclusively to help promote a better immune response. Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea. Future Farm's Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea is the first to combine these three powerful ingredients together. Elderberry is packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and may boost your immune system. Echinacea has been shown to activate chemicals in the body that decrease inflammation, and zinc activates T lymphocytes. Low zinc has been associated with increased susceptibility. For more information and order, call 888-841-7216. That's 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Elderberry with zinc and echinacea is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. This weekly podcast is where I weigh in on topics of interest, topics I'm compelled to share with you, and answering your questions. You can reach me at radioprogram at AOL.com. That's radioprogram at AOL.com. I want to talk to you today, and this is from uh, from the journal Molecular Metabolism. This came out in December of 2020. Vitamin A, we know how important vitamin A is. It's one of the fat-soluble vitamins, along with vitamin D, vitamin E, vitamin K. Vitamin A boosts fat burning in cold conditions. Now, who doesn't need that? especially when you've been inside because it's cold out or you've been inside because of lockdown or some other, right? Vitamin A boosts fat burning in cold conditions. A recent study conducted by a research team from MedUni Vienna's in Austria, Division of Endocrinology and Metabolism, shows that cold ambient temperatures increase vitamin A levels in humans and mice. I'm glad they did humans too, not just mice. So cold ambient temperatures increase vitamin A levels in humans and in mice. This helps convert white adipose tissue, that's fat tissue, bad fat adipose, bad fat tissue, into good, which is brown adipose tissue, brown fat. So it helps to convert from white fat, which is bad fat, to brown fat, which is good fat. So good brown adipose tissue stimulates fat burning and heat generation. That's why it's good fat. This fat transformation is usually accompanied by enhanced energy consumption and is therefore considered a promising approach for the development of novel obesity therapeutics. And again, I remind you, this is from Molecular Metabolism from December of 2020. In humans and mammals, at least two types of fatty depots can be discerned, white 
and brown adipose tissue. That's white and brown fat. Adipose means fat tissue. During obesity development, excess calories are mainly stored in white fat. In contrast, brown fat burns energy and thereby generates heat. More than 90% of the body fat depots in humans are white fat, which are typically located at the abdomen, bottom, you know, the butt, and upper thighs. <laughs> so that's where white fat, the so-called bad fat, is, is located, in the abdomen, the bottom, and upper thighs. Converting white into brown fat could be a new therapeutic option to combat weight gain and obesity. So this research team in Vienna demonstrated now that moderate application of cold increases the levels of vitamin A and its blood transporter, a retinol binding protein in humans and in mice. Most of the vitamin A reserves are stored in the liver and cold exposure seems to stimulate the redistribution of vitamin A towards fat tissue, towards adipose tissue. The cold-induced increase in vitamin A, let's see here, the cold-induced increase in vitamin A led to a conversion of white fat into brown fat, it browned the fat, so to speak, with a higher rate of fat burning. When the researchers, when this team blocked the vitamin A transporter, which is a retinol binding protein, in mice by genetic manipulation, both the cold mediated rise in vitamin A and the browning of the white fat were blunted because you need this transport mechanism, right? So the blood transporter for vitamin A is a retinol binding protein, retinol being vitamin A binding protein. So they found that it was blunted when they played with the, uh, with the mouse genes. As a consequence, fat oxidation and heat production were perturbed so that the mice were no longer able to protect themselves against the cold. So they, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. In contrast, the addition of vitamin A to human white fat cells, the so-called bad fat, led to the expression of brown fat cell characteristics with increased metabolic activity and energy consumption. So, quote, our results show that vitamin A plays an important role in the function of adipose tissue and affects global energy metabolism. However, this is not an argument for consuming large amounts of vitamin A supplements if not prescribed, because it is critical that vitamin A is transported to the right cells at the right time. We have discovered a new mechanism by which vitamin A regulates lipid combustion and heat generation in cold conditions. This could help us to develop 
new therapeutic interventions that exploit this specific mechanism. If you're looking for vitamin A in foods, eat, eat meat. Eat organ meat. Offal, O-F-F-A-L. Eat liver. Tons of vitamin A in there. Tons. Eat kidneys and heart and all of that. You're getting vitamin A. In your vegetables, you're getting primarily beta-carotene. Beta-carotene is the precursor to vitamin A. But you also got to get some of that vitamin A. So steak and a salad, liver with onions and, and a salad, anyone? You're getting vitamin A. You also get vitamin A from butter, right? Especially pasture-raised butter. So very interesting from this. And we know about brown fat is metabolically active and more desirable than white fat, which kind of just sits there, but it doesn't just sit there. That white fat, especially if it's concentrated in the abdomen, that belly fat we're talking about, doesn't just sit there and do nothing. It's actually active like an endocrine gland. And what it's producing, what it's secreting, are cytokines of the inflammatory kinds. That's why belly fat is dangerous. It promotes, it propagates inflammation. Those fat stores are producing inflammatory cytokines. And we know everything begins with, with inflammation, right? Also remember that your body fat also stores toxins. Air pollution, heavy metals, your pesticides, your herb, anything in your environment. That aluminum in your antiperspirant. Well, that aluminum is also going to places like your brain. But a lot of these toxins are stored in our fat tissue. In fact, let me back up a bit. Many of the heavy metals are going into our bones, into our brain, other places like that, where it's even more dangerous. But many of our toxins are stored in our fat tissue. That's why when you're losing weight, when you're burning fat on a low-carb diet and you're in lipolysis ketosis and you're burning all that fat, all those toxins are being freed and they're circulating in your body. You want to make sure that you're taking ample amounts of antioxidants to deal with those toxins, and you want to make sure that your detoxification pathways are not blunted, that they're good, that they're clear, that you're getting enough nutrients, enough amino acids and B vitamins and zinc, and your body's making enough glutathione and others to help your liver detoxification of these toxins, your phase one and your phase two detox. You wanna make sure that you don't have issues of constipation. This is how toxins get trapped in our bodies. We need to detox properly via urine, via perspiration, via feces, bowel movements, right? So making sure that you're regular, that you're not constipated. Sweating, sweating helps. Aerobic exercise, any exercise to help you sweat. Maybe a sauna. Make sure that you're hydrating by eating very clean food so that you're not adding to the toxin load of that. Okay? So vitamin A for fat burning, for turning white fat into brown fat. That's what we want. I want to talk to you now about another study. This is from a British Medical Journal. Uh, diabetes and Research Care. This is from October 
of 2020. Drinking green tea and coffee daily linked to lower death risk in people with diabetes. Drinking plenty of both green tea and coffee is linked to a lower risk of dying from any cause among people with type 2 diabetes suggests a research suggests research published in the online journal BMJ Open Diabetes Research and Care again from October of 2020 drinking four or more daily cups of green tea plus two or more of coffee was associated with a 63% lower risk of death over a period of around five years, the findings show. What does that mean? Are you more alert so that you look both ways before crossing the street? Okay, I'm being facetious, you know. So people with type 2 diabetes are more prone to circulatory diseases, dementia, cancer, and bone fractures. (coughs) Excuse me. And despite an increasing number of effective drugs, lifestyle modifications like exercise and diet remain a cornerstone of treatment. Previously published research suggests that regularly drinking green tea and coffee may be beneficial for health because of the various bioactive compounds contained in those beverages. But few of these studies have been carried out in people with diabetes. The researchers therefore decided to explore the potential impact of green tea and coffee separately and combined on the risk of death among people with the condition. They tracked the health of 4,923 Japanese people. About 2,700 were men, about 2,100 were women with type 2 diabetes. Their average age was about 66. And they tracked them for an average of just over five years. All of them had been enrolled in the Fukuoka, the Fukuoka Diabetes Registry, which is a multi-center perspective study looking at the effect of drug treatments and lifestyle on the lifespan of patients with type 2 diabetes. So they each filled in a 58-item food and drink questionnaire, which included questions on how much green tea and coffee they drank every day. Now, you know, You've heard me talk about these food frequency questionnaires, and I know they're a cornerstone of of nutritional research, but they have a lot of problems because when you give somebody a questionnaire and they ask you, how often did you eat this food over the previous two years, one year, eight months, five years, recall is troublesome. Recall is troublesome. However, I believe in this particular study, It's going to be easier to remember your daily beverages if you are a coffee drinker, if you are a tea drinker. You're going to have much better memory of that, right? So they provided background information on lifestyle factors like regular exercise, smoking, alcohol consumption, and nightly hours of sleep. They took measurements of height, weight, blood pressure, and blood and urine samples to check for potential underlying risk factors. So some 607 of the participants didn't drink green tea. About 1,100 drank up to a cup a day of green tea, and almost 1,400 drank two to three cups 
of green tea, and about almost 1,800 drank four or more cups. And then nearly 1,000 of the participants didn't drink coffee. About 1,300 drank up to one cup of coffee daily. 963 drank a cup every day, while about 1,600, almost 1,700, drank two or more cups of coffee a day. During the monitoring period, these just, this just over five years, 309 people passed away. They died. Of the 309, 218 were men and 91 were women. And their main causes of death was cancer. 114 died of cancer and 76 died of cardiovascular disease. Now, I want to mention, before we go on, green tea is known to have green tea, EGCG in green tea, may be the most chemoprotective protection, chemoprotective substance against cancer anywhere is EGCG, green tea. Anybody looking for cancer prevention, we're always recommending EGCG if they're not already drinking lots of green tea or if they can't drink lots of green tea because the caffeine is bothering them. For coffee, not so much, but the EGCG in green tea. So compared to those who drank neither beverage, those who drank one or both had lower odds of dying from any cause with the lowest odds associating with drinking higher quantities of both green tea and coffee. Drinking up to one cup of green tea every day was associated with 15% lower odds of death, while drinking two to three cups was associated with 27% lower odds. Getting through four or more daily cups was associated with a 40% lower odd, odds of, of, of death. Let's see. So maybe you're more alert drinking green tea. Maybe you're just more careful with your diet if you're consuming that much green tea and you're eating a very good nutritionally packed diet. Maybe you're more aware of that. So it's not merely that you're a little more alert when you step off the sidewalk to cross the street, maybe. Okay. So among coffee drinkers, up to one daily cup was associated with 12% lower odds while one cup a day was associated with 19% lower odds of dying, and two or more cups was associated with 41% lower odds. That's interesting, too. There's caffeic acid. There are a lot of beneficial compounds in coffee, too. But if I had to choose between the both, I think green tea would be the winner, especially when it comes to something like cancer. But, you know, the, the, there's more stimulant in coffee. There's more caffeine in coffee. Because what green tea contains is L-theanine, which attenuates the caffeine in the green tea, so you're not feeling it. But the caffeine in coffee will be pretty strong, and that helps your detox pathways. Bowel movement, anyone, after a cup of morning coffee? I know so many depend on that, right? So caffeine is helpful. Coffee, caffeinated coffee is helpful in that regard. So the risk of death was even lower for those who drank both green tea and coffee every day. 
51% lower for two to three cups of green tea plus two or more of coffee. 58% lower for four or more cups of green tea plus one cup of coffee every day. And 63% lower for a combination of four or more cups of green tea and two or more cups of coffee every day. That's very interesting. Again, this is from British Medical Journal Open Diabetes Research and Care from October of the year 2020, last year. <clears throat> A year that will live in infamy due to COVID and lockdowns. So here we are. Uh, interesting studies here about the vitamin A and the brown fat and drinking de green tea. And remember, those of you who have... Uh, who uh, are slow metabolizers of caffeine where, where it bothers you because you feel it more, you may want to opt for decaf, decaf coffee. Make sure it's water processed decaffeinated, right? Or Swiss processed decaffeinated. They use water in removing the caffeine instead of using chemicals to remove the caffeine. The chemicals used to remove the caffeine from coffee are toxic. Some, maybe some formaldehyde residue or other some such equivalent of such a toxin. So always choose water processed decaf, Swiss processed decaf, right? And you could also choose decaf green tea if even the uh, caffeine and green tea bothers you, right? Uh, the, the caffeine and green tea won't feel as strong or be as strong as in a regular cup of black tea, in green tea, you're going to have more L-theanine than in the other teas to weaken, to attenuate the caffeine in the tea. So interesting stuff. And again, I invite you to email me, radioprogram at AOL.com, for topics of interest, questions. I look forward to hearing from you. And I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In, here on Intelligent Medicine. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax Gold with NT Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years. With a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to to being a collaborator in your healthcare.